this is Mary J. Blige. I'm Nicki Minaj. What's up, what's up? This is Jay-Z. From London, England, and Washington, D.C., you are now tuned in to Conversations with Allison J. The Journey to Hear, brought to you by Ethel May Books. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Allison J. The Journey to Hear. I'm Allison J. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe, like, and share. Today, I'll be speaking with Simon Wright. Simon is the managing director of The Honey Group, a company that he helped to create upon entering the legal sector in 2009. The Honey Group is one of the largest estate planning companies in England and Wales. Since 2016, Simon's company, The Honey Group, has recorded over 12 million pounds in legacy donations to UK charities and good causes, all through the legal documents his company produces. Simon previously chaired the board of his local church. During his tenure, he implemented financial, operational and pastoral governance structures. He is currently the treasurer on the trustees board of his local church. Simon is passionate about supporting his local community and he volunteers at a Young Offenders Institute and mentors several young people. In 2018, Simon took up running and within 18 months, he had raced in the New York, London and Berlin marathons. Simon used his running passion for helping raise thousands of pounds to support children's charities and help stock local food banks. Simon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Conversations with Alice and Jay, The Journey to Here. Welcome. Well, I really appreciate the invite to do the interview today. So firstly, let me thank you and thank you so much for accepting the invitation. When I saw the presentation, to be honest, I was very excited because mm. we live in this place where there's so many things that we're ignorant to until the time comes. And then yeah. when the time comes, it's too late. It's all well and good that you're ignorant to it until you're, it's showed a presentation and then you're like, oh, I can set things in place. But for yeah. a lot of us, myself included, things uh-huh. like wills and estate planning and even power of attorneys is something mm-hmm. that I had no consideration about until guess what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody yeah. passed away somebody became mm-hmm. incapacitated so I had to be the power of attorney and I'm like huh what huh completely completely clueless and mm. and um I'm not that particularly old <coughs> she said <laughs> <laughs> so yeah not that particularly old but it's something where there are some things in life you don't need to be old to know about because yeah. Just because you're not old and you may not need it for yourself. You, and mm-hmm. I should stop saying old because you know what? Nowadays, you don't need to be old to die. Has life taught us nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially these COVID times, as it taught us. If it's taught us exactly. anything, if we didn't mm-hmm. know it before. But you don't necessarily need it for yourself to be planning for your later years. You may, may be that person that has to then start to take care of business for your parents, uh, mm-hmm. uh, relatives and things like yeah yeah right so so i was really happy to see your presentation and Mm -hmm. see the work that you're doing and also the fact that you were on there sharing that information because it takes for people to bring you onto their platforms yes 
spread the word and spread mm. the awareness. So thank you so much for no problem for doing that. And Pleasure. So Simon, thank you so much for agreeing to join us on Conversations with Alison J, The Journey to Here. You did send ahead a presentation that I'm just going to share now and then after that we'll just go into um, a few questions that I pulled out based on the presentation and what you do, if that's okay? Yeah, that's fine, no problem. Okay. Thank you. Well, this slide is really just talking about um, what we're going to talk about today, which is an introduction to uh, Honey Group, which is the company um, that you know I helped to found. Um, we talk about what we offer, the products specifically, um, the importance of estate planning, and how to access our service, you know, for customers that are looking to engage with us. Um, and then, you know, you know, as a, um, an interview, I'm sure the last part is what you're all about. So I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to invite that one. You, you'll ask as we go, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But um, what I probably will do is I'll just leave all the questions to the end so you can go through the presentation yeah. rather than continually interrupting you. Mm -hmm. All righty, great stuff. Welcome to Honey Legal, one of Britain's largest legal estate planning groups. We believe everyone wants to feel protected. Can you hear that? And that's why we provide yeah. security for our clients, their families, and their estates. Our services focus on wills, lasting powers of attorney, probate, and professional executor services. We're in our second decade of business and going from strength to strength. As market leaders, today we look after more than 60,000 clients and estates worth in excess of 16 billion pounds. There is a 30-strong legal department that is fully regulated by the Council for Licensed Conveyances and our in-house solicitors are regulated by the Solicitors Regulation Authority. We are also registered with STEP as a company employing STEP members. We are here to provide a professional, transparent and caring service and we go the extra mile to make sure every client is properly looked after. We are delighted that so many of our customers rate our services with 5 stars on Trustpilot. We are firm believers in doing the right thing and even advise clients not to use our probate services for smaller estates, where probate fees would take a noticeable slice. Giving back is also part of everything we do. We encourage many of our customers to pledge a legacy gift to charity, and we also donate regularly to good causes. Estate planning allows you to manage your financial and health affairs whilst alive, distribute your wealth and property according to your wishes after your passing, and keep decision-making with your choice of person rather than strangers. Putting your plans in place now simplifies matters for your future and relieves stress for your family at an emotional time. You're an expert on you and we're the experts on estate planning. We'll gently guide you through the questions we need to ask so you can fully understand your family situation. We can then take a view on any existing provisions you have made for wills, trusts and powers of attorney. We'll highlight all the options available leaving you to decide what level of protection you feel comfortable with. We'll then prepare all the legal documentation and guide you and your family through the signing process so you can rest assured your wishes will be followed. There's never a good day to make arrangements for when you're no longer here or don't have capacity. So we'll lead you through the process as easily as possible, giving you peace of mind that everything is covered. Um, so now... 
thank you, Simon. We've seen the presentation. So if you'd just like to talk us through now what the Honey Group does as we have these slides. Yeah, so Honey Group is a uh, legal company, fundamentally, so we're legal. Um, we have a team of solicitors, of paralegals, and we're quite proud that wills are not a regulated product in the UK, but as a company we have chosen to be regulated so that we can just be um, over and above the standard for giving our customers that kind of protection and credibility that they need. So we are regulated by the Council for, uh, Council for Licensed Conveyances for our probate work. Our solicitors are all regulated by the Solicitor Regulators Authority or the SRA. Um, and obviously customers do like the fact that, you know, one of our sister companies is also um, FCA registered, which is the Financial Conduct Authority, which regulate all financial companies in the UK as well. So. Uh, in terms of due diligence, you know, in order to get them accreditations, we've had to jump through a few hoops. That gives customers that added peace of mind. And, and we specialize in wills, as you can see, um, last will and testament, uh, some people refer to, uh, will trusts, which are what we call enhanced wills. So they're a will with a little bit extra on top. We've got powers of attorney or LPAs and estate administration or the kind of regular term that most people use is probate um, and intestacy, okay? So dealing with after people have passed away. Um, and obviously what our products actually do is help a lot of things, but, you know, we'll talk about that. But, you know, avoiding sideways disinheritance, in other words, uh, ensuring that families' inheritances don't go somewhere that they, you know, the, let's say a parent didn't plan protection for vulnerable beneficiaries that might be people um, that are going through uh, family crises it could be um, individuals who are disabled um, and it we you know our plans can um, uh, will trust can protect them um, helps to avoid avoid third-party interference um, which we'll we'll discuss in a bit and also avoid inheritance issues through correct planning a lot of people don't realize that uh, and this is not about um, inheritance tax it's just inheritance planning um we're not tax planners okay but we do uh, ensure that things are put in place correctly at the beginning to avoid any issues at the end well need for a will um on this um, on this slide, uh, we've got um, what happens kind of without a will, what the, the issues that can uh, crop up if you don't have a will. Um, and as we can see, uh, the very first one there is the government decides how your estate is distributed. And so what that basically means is that um, a lot of people don't realize that if you, you know, I, 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 there's a phrase that I used to use and I've, I forgot I just until that moment that I used to use it. <laughs> um, but Alison, what it is, we've got, um, you know, we talk about making a will. Yeah. In truth, everyone has got a will. Okay, interesting. Yeah, everyone's got a will. The thing is, because if you don't make one yourself, then the government has already made one for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, I got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not true that people don't make it. There is, the, you know, you've got a will. Everyone's got a will, yeah? It's just that actually... <laughs> Simon, I like that. 
that makes but that makes so much sense though yeah yeah whether but whether intentionally or by default yes yes <laughs> someone someone has made a decision for you yeah. um and so yeah the government will decide in the case that you don't have a will they'll decide where it goes and oftentimes that won't necessarily be where you would like it to go as uh, an individual um you won't be able to donate any of your estate to charities or other causes that you've got um you know it's a massive income stream for a lot of charities are legacies in wills um you know a lot of the bigger charities will uh, collect millions uh, tens of millions in i, I know back in uh, three years ago i think um one of the cancer the biggest cancer charities i won't name them in the uk um were taking in something like 60 million that year in legacy donations so it is big um and of course it will take longer to distribute assets um and to close your estate without a will um which is no good when people are grieving and have got all that stuff to deal with as well absolutely mm. so really just this cements obviously the practical terms as i said government decide what happens to your estate um there's no control over where or who receives what. You know, we've actually got some customers who've got three children. And let's say, you know, child number one um, is self-sufficient, child number two is self-sufficient, but child number three needs some extra help. A lot of parents will give that third child money in their lifetime. But in order to be fair, they therefore on death will give a little bit more to number one and two. So that everybody essentially has got the same amount. And obviously, if that person did die without a will, then actually those three children would then get essentially equal shares, which is not what the parent intended. So there's no control over that. Um, a will is also one of the um, the few documents where you can appoint guardians for children. So especially for people that say, I don't have no money, I don't have no house, I have no car, I haven't got anything to leave, I don't need a will. Well, if you've got children, yeah, you probably do. Um, and of course, it's more complicated to sort out um, your estate because um, there is no kind of instruction from the person that passed away as to what they would like to happen. So then it takes longer to get what we call... Um, uh, letters of administration for somebody who's not uh, for somebody who's not made a will um, and then of course it's open to a lot more disputes as well you know um, uh, which takes time money and causes family kind of uh, infighting um, which you know a lot of people have experienced that when people pass away and I know I said I was going to leave questions to the end but something you said that made um, that made me think about it so when you have a will, because we hear all the time, especially celebrities and people with a lot of money, they've left it to someone and they've still, other members of the family have still gone to court to dispute it. So even if you do have a will, it doesn't stop that from happening, does it? It just maybe no. makes it more easier for the will to be carried out if there is one, because at least people can say, look, I know you want to dispute it, but this is what they said. So having a will, it, yeah. it does in theory, doesn't stop that from happening, but should it really make it easier for the person's wishes to be carried out? Yeah, um, that's a really good question, Alison, and, and a good point. You, you're right. In actual fact, a lot of the celebrities, you know, um, uh, die without making wills, you know, um, you know, and you think that these people would have... Um, 
you know, all that kind of stuff sorted out, you know, but there's so many celebrities. I mean, if you, you know, you do searches on, I won't name any names, but if you did a search online of your celebrities that died without a will, you'd be surprised the names that come up, especially kind of in the black community and black superstars. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. right. Anybody can dispute a will, Alison. The thing is, but when you make it properly, you can deal with some of those issues. Okay. So in, in that previous example where I said um, the youngest child out of three, let's say, got more than everyone in their got a gift in their lifetime and the elder two were going to wait until after the parents had passed away, then obviously, you know, it could be that that younger child after death is still skint. And so they could uh, contest the will. And as I said, if there was no will, then they would be entitled to an equal share. And if there was a will, um, then on the face of it, it wouldn't seem fair. However, when we make a will, we can also draw up other documents that come alongside the will. Um, letter of wishes is, is one of those particular documents. And this is a, a document that supports the will. So that it actually says um, the reason that I'm only giving to my first two children is because of this, 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 and this. Mm. So that if that third child contested and it went to court and the judge has got to decide, the judge will see that, yes, the will doesn't look fair on the face of it, but there was a very good reason as to why it was like that, which actually strengthens the will. So actually, again, the parents' wishes can be carried out. So if it's done in the right way, you know, it, you know, it could uh, make things a lot easier, even under a dispute situation. Got you. Thank you. And to your point about celebrities, it's interesting. Um, yesterday I was in the supermarket and I saw this. Um, it was an amazing special edition done on Prince. And if my memory serves me right, he's one of them that died yeah. and didn't leave a will. And I just think mm -hmm. in my mind, you're thinking, but come on, these people of a certain level, you would have thought that they've got accountants around them, all yeah. kinds of advisors around them to make sure these things are put in place but unfortunately uh -huh. we, we think we're invincible and we we as, and it's not because we want to sound or be morbid mm -hmm. don't take our passing into consideration to beat to yeah. these things and plans and i think for in that instance i think one of the main saving graces is at least there were no children that then had to be fighting and going through all kinds of legal battles in order to get his estate. Yes, yeah, it is. You know, you think these celebrities have got an entourage of legal team, financial wizards and uh, everything else, you know, wardrobe people and managers and so on and so forth. But it's amazing. I'm just completely shocked like yourself to see that they put themselves in this position. Mm. Um, and not necessarily because they they're not intelligent, but because they just don't get the right advice in their lifetime. You know, they're, let's face it, they're artists. They're not legal. You know, they're not financial. That should have been to somebody else. So it is, it's always really kind of heartbreaking when you see them kind of situations, you know. But as you said, um, thankfully, no children, therefore, you know, less of impact. But again, there are a lot of cases where there are children and there are potentially those issues. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. And as I've been asking questions in the middle, I may as well just continue, right? 
was that, <laughs> that game show I started so it's for a penny <laughs> so because I mentioned in the previous slide you mentioned about um the government getting or basically or just making the decision for you on how your assets or anything you leave behind is then distributed and again the sheer ignorance of it that people for one moment wouldn't even think that is the case but if you think about it somebody you know if you don't take care of it somebody will and you know mm. depending if you're in this country like Uncle Sam or if you're in the UK the Chancellor of the Exchequer whoever they're going to mm. have their chunk of change from yeah yeah you know, inheritance tax and property tax and all these kinds of things that mm -hmm. are there in place. And I think it's so important that we have conversations like this so people can say, look, just because you don't leave a will doesn't mean it's just going to be left for your family to sort out. And in some cases, your family to fight over, I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> left for your family to take care of. No, there's a whole process a whole thing a whole bureaucratic process for it to go through and you'd be surprised like I was speaking to a young lady last year in fact and her father passed away now fortunately he did I believe he did have a will however there's some other things that weren't put in place and the amount of tax she had to pay to then take ownership of his home was astronomical. Wow. Yeah. And so, so again, we don't stop to think that there are implications. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's they might say, oh, well, I don't have anything. I, I don't have anything to leave. But the little that you do have, <laughs> you want to yeah. make sure it's taken care of. Absolutely. You know, that's the problem, isn't it? Some people think that, you know, wills are for multi, multi-millionaires or billionaires and Actually, I've just got a, a two up, two down house and, you know, I'm nothing special. But the reality is, as you said, um, if you want to protect it properly, then, you know, make a will. And it's so simple, so simple. Um, it's too easy not to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. It really is. And so we'll just move, we'll move on to the next slide. <laughs> okay, yeah. So on this slide, we're talking now about what we call enhanced wills. An enhanced will is a basic will, standard will, but within the will, we write certain um, trust clauses which protect assets even after death, okay? One of the ways that I described this um, when I was doing a presentation recently was the 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 will if you think of a will as like the bank where your money is safe and it is safe we know that a will trust would be the safety deposit boxes within that bank so there there that's where you put your assets to keep them even more safer if you like okay um because otherwise they could be lost as as it says here to third party claims uh, against beneficiaries um, assets are vulnerable to government decisions without input um, from the people you trust. So effectively, what this is saying is that when somebody dies with a regular will, once their assets are distributed, I'll keep the example of the three children, you know, um, mum and dad, you know, 
pass away 300,000 pounds. Each child gets 100,000, yeah, uh, split into three. Now, of course, um, if one of those um, individuals, let's say for argument's sake, um, one of them, the children was going through a divorce, then there is an opportunity. Now they've got an extra 100,000 they never had for their ex-spouse to now have a, a go at that money. It could be that they have got serious debts. Um, again, if they come into that money, they're now um, able to be exposed and that money, not necessarily do the, do the things that the, uh, the family or the parents wanted to do. Now those creditors have got access to it. Um, and certainly in this country, I'm sure it's similar in the, or maybe different in the US, I don't know. In the UK, where we have um, uh, people that are claiming benefits from the state, a lot of the benefits are what we call means tested. So they'll look and see what means you've got and what assets you've got. And of course, if you suddenly come into £100,000, all of your benefits um, will kind of stop and cease. Now, some would, some would say, well, they should cease if you've got £100,000. But, you know, a lot of people have got complicated needs. They've got carers. They're coming in and out. And just having money doesn't actually help to resolve all of that because they oftentimes don't have the wherewithal to manage the money to make sure it goes to where it needs to go. So they do need that state support, not just to provide services, but to organize it for them as well. So that's what it talks about claims, third-party claims against your estate. Now, when you've got a will trust, after the person dies, the money doesn't necessarily go straight to the beneficiaries, the three children. It stays in the safety deposit box until what we call the trustees, um, people that we trust, that could be the company or it could be uh, other family members that the parents have said, I want you to kind of manage this on their behalf kind of thing. And they can then arrange for that money to be used as and when they need it, but without putting all of it out there all at the same time. Um, so it gives a lot more flexibility, but it doesn't go into the children's estates. So it's still protected even after death. So that's what we say that, you know, um, covering the you know points three and four about state welfare benefits and benefit you know beneficiaries um who've got financial issues again um having a trust just keeps it locked away even after death whereas a regular will you know as soon as a person dies the bank account's closed down and the money goes out and if it goes into somebody else's coffers they're not liable for that with everything that's entailed uh with things like that got you good to know thank you so yeah this this um slide is really just re-cementing the previous points um your assets um could be bargained over in divorce proceedings you know if uh the money comes in at a time when actually somebody's going through marital issues uh vulnerable beneficiaries could have their benefits uh stopped as i've said um and the home could be used to fund. Now, this is the other one that I didn't mention, was that uh, when you say to fund an addiction, debt collection, or give your family a tax headache, well, you've mentioned the story about tax headaches already, so I won't go there because that's one. You know, but a lot of children, I mean, we've got, you know, tens of thousands of customers that we've done wills for, 
And there's a, a percentage of those who have got children who've got either uh, drug addiction problems or gambling problems. And it's well known, it's well documented, and the parents know there's a problem. Of course, if you give, you know, £100,000 to a drug addict, then the parent knows they probably won't be living much longer than the parents after that. You know, they'll just kind of, you know, same with the gambling. Everything they've worked hard for goes to uh, somebody with a, a gambling addiction. And before you know it, it could be problems. Mm. Yeah, gosh. There's so many things to take into consideration that you just wouldn't even think of without this kind of help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the reality is, Alison, is that a lot of people, when they um, don't, you, you, you think that these stories are just so disparate, but they affect so many people and so many uh, situations, even within the, the kind of a church organization that you you wouldn't believe. You know what? To be honest, I think I would believe it. <laughs> Good. I think I really would believe it. Because if you think about it culturally, a lot of them coming from the West Indies and Africa, this is not something that we even would have stopped to think about, you know? Mm, yeah, agreed. Um, all the things that you just don't consider or take into consideration. Mm -hmm. So... And it's really true what they say, right? Knowledge is key. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So next slide. Excellent. Yeah, so on this side, Alison, this slide is talking about the need for the lasting power of attorney. And um, really on this slide we're really talking about the consequences of not having a power of attorney first of all if a couple have any joint accounts and one of that those couples um lose mental capacity then the joint accounts or any account with their names on is frozen so you know we've got um individuals and they say a husband and wife whereby uh, the wife is, say, well, uh, fit and well. The husband loses capacity. Um, but if, let's say, all they've got is joint accounts, then the state will freeze them. Um, and as a result, um, the wife won't have access to those accounts. Now, listen, the reality is, is I know that they'll have a bank card and they know the PIN number. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that the wife will actually be breaking the law by going down there and taking money out without consent okay and without a power of attorney okay so when it's found out ultimately there'd be an issue we've also got the government in order to keep an eye on this paying uh, gp doctors mm -hmm. um to report any of their patients who lose capacity so that it puts it on the radar so that the social services can get in there before any money starts getting taken out and jump in the situation so they're trying to get it right at the earliest point and generally a GP or, or hospital would be the first place somebody would be diagnosed with having lost capacity. Okay. Um, so there is that. Of course, you know, cost of living, inflation is a big thing at the moment. And, you know, we negotiate in mortgage terms as and when they come out. We can't do that for somebody who's lost capacity. If it's a joint mortgage, then you're going to need their signature. You can't get their signature if they don't have the capacity to sign it. 
So again, without a, with a power of attorney, it can be signed on their behalf. Without a power of attorney, literally, if a let's say a fixed mortgage rate ends and the rate shoots up, then the kind of um, spouse who is fit and well won't be able to renegotiate them terms. And so they could be stuck in a situation where they're paying extortionate amounts of mortgage. Um, same with loans, same with credit cards, no renegotiation at all without uh, a power of attorney for the person who's lost capacity. And of course, social services, Alison, make all the decisions. Um, they will allow you to uh, get money. Uh, the process is that without a power of attorney, you have to seek what we call a deputyship. Um, which is a long legal back and forth process to essentially get a power of attorney, you know, after the fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes so long. And during the months while you, and it is months, you got, you're talking nine to 12 months minimum. Um, you're in a situation whereby uh, you, when you phone up to ask for money out of your own bank accounts, um, that they'll only uh, secure up to, I think it's like 500 pound or something, you know, silly like that per time and you may not get a yes to everything you've asked for you might say well my daughter has got a school trip uh, my son wants to buy them trainers you know if the social services deem that that's not necessary your daughter can't go on that trip and let him get the cheaper trainers whatever then they can make those determinations and say no it's no longer the parent's choice it's social services choice and of course you know there are some faiths and beliefs they don't believe in blood transfusions and so on and so forth. Of course, without a power of attorney, um, the hospital can do whatever they want, really, um, against the patient's wishes. Mm. So this is why it's so very important. Uh, power of attorney just gives control back to the family and back to the loved ones, which is why, you know, it is a key piece of um, documentation for your, your legal war chest. Uh, yes, my goodness. Ooh, a lot to take in. <laughs> a lot to take in. Yeah, a lot to take in. You know, that it's got financial um, implications. It's got issues with regards to, uh, as I said there, it's a criminal offence to attempt to manage someone else's finance without legal authority. So even if you, you know, um, uh, are not doing anything wrong, you're still not allowed to touch it. And the reality is some people say, well, what, why do they do that? Well, it's because the government is effectively protecting the person who's lost capacity. Mm. They no longer have a decision, a decision-making capacity. So the safest thing is just freeze everything. Don't touch anything. Don't change anything. And then when we figure out what's going on with this person's finances, then we'll determine what's best for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where they're coming from. It could be that, I don't know, um, a husband was getting ready to leave his wife anyway. She loses metal capacity. He can clean out the bank accounts, move yeah. to the Bahamas, and nobody's any the wiser. And by the time she wakes up, everything's gone. So there and is a good, happened. yeah, mm, yeah. So, so there is a good reason for freezing stuff. It sounds pretty draconian, but that is the reason it's to protect the person that's lost capacity. Um, and of course, we talked about social services making decisions, hospitals making decisions. Um, against wishes which is never a good thing and I see here and this is so key so the one a real big need for a lasting power of attorney I'm looking on the slide and it says you could also default on your mortgage payments because of course if you don't have access to the funds make it you could on top of everything else then be 
faced in repossession or foreclosure on your home through no yes. fault your own technically but literally yeah. you don't have this legal legally binding document yeah yeah you know what it's interesting it's um uh, you know, we talk about the story with some of our customers and we just ask them, you know, how long would it be before, you know, you being unable to pay your mortgage payments? Do you think that they'd want to repossess? You know, some will say six months, some will say 12 months, but it doesn't matter. The reality is if they get there, then then what? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to live? You know, well, I'm moving with my sister. OK, OK, you're moving with your sister. And what's her situation? Well, she's married. She's got two kids and. All right, and what's what she live? She lives in a three bedroom house, so the two kids have got up. You know what I mean? And you talk, you talk practically about it. These are the decisions people are going to have to make. Yes, the sister may have two kids, three bedroom house, and let you sleep on the sofa with your two kids that have just been kicked out. But how long is that going to go on? Exactly, how long for? Mm. And 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 where does the sister live? If the sister lives a hundred miles away, that means an upheaval for your kids. Your partner is still in your hometown so how does the going back to visit them in hospital manage them while they're still lost capacity etc while you're living 100 miles away taking your kids out of school away from friends away from family away from support structures it, it, it's big it's really big um that's some really hot bit bad horror stories around it as well so um you know which um which are documented in you know a lot of the papers over the years that we 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 retain um but it, it it's it is really heartbreaking what can be done when you don't have a power of attorney. Mm. Uh, mm. So okay, um, I think this is kind of coming towards the end of the presentation. Um, here we're talking about probate. Probate is that legal process that basically winds somebody's estate up after they pass away. And so generally, a lot of people um, will ask their friends, their family, um, even their pastors <laughs> um, or um, their children, oftentimes, to manage that process after the fact. Um, we talk about the emotion. Think about it. It's a very difficult time for your children. And it generally is the children that they pass it on to. Um, and then to put them through all the logistics of dealing with um, the tax, HMRC and the tax, dealing with the creditors, dealing with the closing the bank accounts, dealing with the funeral costs, dealing with the utility payments, dealing with everything that is attached to a life and then having to wind it up and, and shut it down. It's, it's a lot, yeah? Mm. Um, and coupled with that, you've just lost someone you love. I mean, is your mind, is your thought process really in the right place to be doing that, to be getting involved in that? Key thing a lot of people don't understand is that as, um, you know, if you're an executor on a will as, and you're just a, a lay person, um, you are personally responsible and liable for any mistakes that you make. So if, for argument's sake, I am um, a, a executor for a loved one and I work there, tax, fill out the tax forms and send them off, um, you know, if like, I don't know, five years down the line, the tax people realize I made an error, mm. they will come back to me, not the estate, and they will find me and the interest for that mistake over that five years, they'll add on. And I am personally responsible for that. Now, a lot of people don't realize that when we take on this service on behalf of customers, 
we are then liable if anything goes wrong rather than the family yeah but a lot of people just think oh it's you know we'll just shut that down close that over it's no problem but they just don't realize that actually if they um if they make errors it, it's not coming out of the estate it's coming out of your own pocket right and i'm seeing the 20 years there i'm like yeah no i'm good thanks though <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well, liable for anything up to 20 years after mm. that's um that's a lot and then it also says here the time let me mm. sorry, let me say let me oh oh jesus so jesus <laughs> because and the, and the reason that i know it takes a lot of time is so and mm. um, when my grandmother passed she didn't have a will mm. and then fast forward a few later for a few years later I became the sole power of attorney for an incapacitated family member. Mm -hmm. At the time, I I think I started certain things in March of 2019. We're now Mm -hmm. in September of 2022, and there's some aspects of it I'm still having to deal with. So on the side, when it says the time, we all have our own day lives to run. The amount of times I've had to say to them, like, you know I have a life, right? You know I have a job, mm. right? You know I have other things to do, right? Because yeah. And this is the companies that I'm dealing with and not going back and forth. I have to explain to them, I'm like, okay, this is what this is not what I do full time. I actually have other things that I need to do. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like get on with my own life. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and to that point, it does take years yeah. to sort things out. And this isn't, I mean he's not passed away it's just um after mm-hmm. me being made his power of attorney and having mm-hmm. to of things but yeah these yeah things, i can safely say these things are so time consuming and draining mm-hmm. yeah they are you know i look uh, i was just saying to one of the people in our probate department i think last week or the week before you know because they were talking about um the average uh, time it takes us to complete um an estate and it used to be like 12 months but it's coming down to like nine but remember this is nine even if we say 12 months this is for a full-time professional working nine to five five days a week on that file on one person file (laughs) right and it's still taking nine to 12 months to get wound up now that's their job you start giving it to other family members who've, like you said, got a life and other things to do. Um, you can add the time on top. There you go. There you go. Three and a half years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> right. Not unusual. That is... That... Mm. Uh, yeah, so I can safely attest to that, the time, the time it takes. it. Things take time. The wheels yeah. of justice and those, those kind of things run very, very slowly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It does. And a lot of stuff needs chasing over and over again. And of course, um, you know, we're in a situation where we can do that. And we do have an admin team that can pick the phone up and stay on hold for 45 minutes, an hour just to get an answer. Um, but regular people with jobs, it's tough. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, and especially when you have to be on the phone and you're holding and people are just just for want of a better, sometimes you just think, are these people just doing it on purpose, just having me here holding it <laughs> ever and ever and ever? 
because sometimes <laughs> you can you can be on hold for a long time and then <laughs> and then it's true one of my favorite things is after you've been on hold for so long and then they put you through and they say oh you need a different department you're like wait what now <laughs> wow, wow wow just what you don't want to hear <laughs> right it's literally the thing that you do not want to hear and you just right just have to breathe and then go through the whole thing again or or pray and hope that they haven't you haven't been disconnected in the meantime and all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff you know that goes exactly in. and I don't think people for a moment have any clue and again mm. a lot of it is just by you unfortunately you find some of these things out by sheer accident mm. because yeah. Unfortunately, it's come down to it that if you, you, you're you now having to deal with it. Because like I said, um, my grandmother passed away in 2016, I believe it was. And I never thought about a will before that, because as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. look, I'm young. I've got a million years ahead of me to live. Why do I? A will? Like, psh. <laughs> And then she passed away. And then, you know, as I was mentioning about um, families fighting over things, fortunately, it wasn't the case where my family fought over anything because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just the kind, it's just the kind of family just like, Psh, yeah, whatever it it's is. It's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then seeing that it could have gone a very different way. And not only that, hearing cases of, a friend of mine whose mother unfortunately passed away from COVID mm. and what he had to go through with family members and the fighting and the arguing and and in my head I'm just thinking who's got time for all of that like literally yeah. time for all of that and then again my own experience with being a power of a turn it's like oh my it's exhausting it, it is yeah and it's expensive <laughs> <laughs> It's expensive. Not good. It's not no, good. Honestly, it really isn't. So I'm just grateful for companies like yours that I wish I knew of three and a half years ago. So yeah, I wish I'd known. Like, Thank you so much. Been? Where have you guys been, Simon? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, we were here three and a half years ago. Just so you know. <laughs> Okay, thanks. thanks. Uh, no, I know, I know, I know. But it, you know, it's it's it's. I think it really goes to the your point around just awareness. People mm. just don't have that awareness. You know, we talk about sixty five percent of people not having a will. We mm. talk about up to you know, um, just a few years ago, it was ninety nine percent of people didn't have a power of attorney. Ninety nine percent, only one percent of people had the power of attorney in the UK. So it's a massive market. But when you look at the consequences we've spoken about today, you know, it is so, so worth it. And certainly in, you know, the black community, I think those statistics are probably worse. That's one of the questions. I'm so glad you just led into that. So that's actually one of the questions that I was going to ask you is, have you noticed a, and I tried to find the most politically correct way to put it so it's like and I think I phrase it like have you noticed a disparity in the demographic <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good way of putting it I like that uh-huh that's good that's very good <laughs> I have that one Simon the first time I'll charge and then after that it's <laughs> have you notice a disparity in the demographic of those who have 
power of attorneys, those who have wills and those that have things in place, because um, I think I know, I, I, well, I believe I know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. But as we said earlier, if you think about our parents and grandparents, they're mm-hmm. all coming from either a Caribbean country or an African a Caribbean, mm-hmm. Caribbean island country or an African country where mm-hmm. it's not what was done there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean ignorance in a um, disrespectful way, but there was ignorance and mm-hmm. still really is ignorance around it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. even probably find, so we're talking about our, grand, our parents and grandparents, but how many of our peers still mm-hmm. don't? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think that, um, as you said, it's not ignorance. It's it's, an, it's the lack of awareness uh, that they even need to do these things as well. Um, and it is a shame because um, I would definitely to answer your question. I definitely see that disparity um, between um, you know the um, uh, the kind of let's say the white community and the black community in the UK. But what I would say is that um, certainly in the networks where, you know, people of colour are then starting to be made aware of uh, these products, there is an interest. It's not a case of we don't want to know, go away. Mm. When we actually open the door on this stuff, they are very interested in actually, you know, engaging and dealing with it. Um, But no, parents, grandparents, yeah, I I get that. Some of them really don't think about these things uh, for the first time until they're sometimes in their late 60s, 70s or 80s, you know, which is better late than never. But it just goes to show that actually, you know, um, we've got people that are in their 30s and 40s doing their wills, doing their powers of attorney and then kind of sitting on them for the next 40 years, you know, if nothing changes, then they don't need to redo their will or their powers of attorney. They could just sit on them, you know, till they're 80. Mm-hmm. But some of uh, the people, you know, the people of color, they're not making their first documents until they're in their 80s, you know. Um, of course, anything can happen before. If they get to that point and can make it, great, but not everybody's that fortunate. Yeah, and it's also a case of when you say some people make it and if nothing changes, but I can't see anything not changing in your life for 40 years. And if nothing mm. is in your life for 40 years, get a life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, because things yeah, are yeah. change, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, of and course, yeah. So I think, and, you know, you're you're the expert in this field, but don't you think people should be changing or at least looking at their will at least every 10 years? So just say, so, because, mm. for example... Because especially nowadays, nobody's going to be in a job for forty years, Simon. Let's just let's just just mm-hmm. the, the the years of a job for life. I don't know where those years are anymore. I don't think those years even exist anymore. There's just no. generation coming up. You say that to them, it's probably like you're cursing them, right? You're going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah, it sounds odd. You know, so that's not even the case anymore. So, so mm. you're going to change jobs. You're yeah, people are going to flow in and out of your life and things like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, looking at it and readdressing it every 10 years, surely that's mm. probably a good idea, right? I think what we would, uh, I would always recommend is that it's reviewed on a regular basis. Anytime there's a major life change, let's say um, that a single person gets married, let's say um, a marriage ends, 
let's say a child is born, uh, those tend to be the times where it's it's good life stages to review your uh, will. Um, I mean, they say um, that one of the things that's 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 really important. I mean, some people that have made a will, um, you know, maybe they will unfortunately fall out with people that are in the will. You know, we had a couple, uh, two l- ladies who were very good friends, lifelong friends. And one of my colleagues used to go and see her pretty much every year. And one year he'd go and she said, I'm changing my will. I'm taking her off it because <laughs> they'd fallen out. And then when they made up, she called him back and they made another one. That, that's an extreme. I mean, that went on for a few years. You know, they get in and out, best friends. Um, but the thing about it is this, Alison, let's say for argument's sake, a couple are in their mid-40s. Um, they've been married, I don't know, 10 years um, they've got a couple of kids and they're basically said in their wills, if I die, um, he gets it. If she dies, I get it. If we both die, the kids get it. Yeah. That scenario is unlikely to change pretty much for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if they have chosen attorneys who are maybe uh, people that are the same age or younger, that's tends to be a wise thing to do. Um, then again, as long as they don't fall out with them and they've still got the trust of those people and they're still local and near to them, they may not actually need to be changed for a very, very long time. So there are occasions, but we'd always say, you know, review this stuff. You, your assets may change. Your property may have gone up in value. You might, you might need to enhance your will from a basic will to a will trust now as life goes on. So yeah, I mean, the 10 year rule that you say, um, if there's no life change, major life change that happens, that's probably a good thing uh, to do and to actually review. Is mm-hmm. there a need to change the scenario or can we leave things as they are? Yeah, exactly. Because you were saying like life changes. So after my grandmother passed and, it, and I got a more understanding of she didn't have a will and certain things that came out made me think. And I remember I called my mum and her baby sister and I'm like, you all better make a will. Like, mm. you make it wakeable because at the time I was still living in London and my grandma mm-hmm. was here in the US and she passed and I'm like you all need to make a will and I remember mm-hmm. searching it and looking it online and at the time what people wanted to charge for a will I'm like yeah no nah, well, I'll figure it out so <laughs> I got the template and I done it and made it for both of them so as I said my mm-hmm. grandmother passed in 2006 things mm-hmm. have changed in both of their yeah. lives since then mm-hmm. and so I've said to them and funnily enough it was actually earlier this year I did all of our wills all over again oh wow oh gosh yeah because things have I mean since 2006 and 2022 mm. what mm. changed in all three of yeah. us because um when I made my first will I was single I got married mm. made another will got divorced quickly made another will <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> good idea very quickly made another will yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, no, yeah. <laughs> no. It's true. No, that that is very important. Yeah, but you you just had those live events. They happen, and that is the time to get your house in order. You know, we had uh, bizarrely enough. Uh, we had just to give you an example why you've done the right thing. We, our probate team were dealing with a case um, a couple of years ago where um, the husband and the wife had been split for twenty years. Now, the thing is, they'd separated, but they'd never got divorced. 
<laughs> now, he had been now with another lady for the last 15 years, then he passed away. However, the wife from 20 years has got a claim on all of his estate mm -hmm. because she is his wife. And so um, that was a messy scenario, you can imagine. Um, and he just left a, a world of pain behind for the partner that he'd been living with for 15 years. Um, yeah, that's why you need to review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't even looking at that. I was looking at it. No, no, I worked long and hard for my stuff. You're not getting it. I don't quite <laughs> you want to me goodbye. You're leaving me with my <laughs> So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's all very interesting to learn about this and all these different scenarios that we, we think about and we talk about and never connect the dots to see that there's also these other implications at the end of our life. Because like mm. we were saying earlier, nobody wants to think about the end of life, do they? Nobody wants to think about, what, I'm going to die? Yeah, it happens. That's, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that are absolutely guaranteed in life and <laughs> death is one of them. And like you're saying about this situation where they weren't divorced and it's things can get messy. And even if you do have um, quite a straightforward life where you're married and you've got your children, you mentioned earlier that you could default on your mortgage if the person left yes. behind doesn't have access to the bank account. So there's so many implications of just, what could happen if we just, uh, to use your words, don't get our house in order? And it's so sad that, as we were saying, that the, the disparity in the demographic is people of colour tend to be the least likely to have mm. things in place. And, That's right. and unfortunately, we also tend to be the ones that have the least. So we really can't afford for the government to take it anyway. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. I can't, I can't agree with you uh, more, Alison. To be honest, because it's, um, you know, we 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 really need to, you know, not only get that information into the um, our parents, grandparents, but it also needs to start cementing itself in the younger generation as well. Hundred percent, and they need to see us doing it, and also not just see us doing it. They need to hear us have these conversations. Mm -hmm. these things are out there these things are available rather than because once upon a time it was a <laughs> if somebody had a will you didn't even know they had a will till they died like, oh wow you you it's, and mm -hmm. it's just like it's it's a dirty word almost yeah like, that's mm -hmm. we're coming to it and no we do need these things especially when as our parents are getting older and we are their power of attorney and looking after things, we can't just mm. assume just because mm -hmm. it's my parent, I have all rights to do and say what I need to do and say. We can't just assume these things. And no. I think that has been the problem. We've just assumed because we're blood, because we're family or because they wrote next of kin on a piece of paper. That's mm -hmm. it. That really isn't, is it? No, no, it's not. It's so much more than that. Um, it's all about the planning. It's all about um, the conversation that goes on around that. Mm -hmm. um, and all about, you know, what does that person actually want to happen? You know, it's all right having a power of attorney, but, you know, you would you would want that person's uh, decisions on your life, or if it was me that lost capacity, I'd like the decisions that were made on my behalf to be in line with my principles and my beliefs, yeah? 
And so it's having that conversation with my attorney that, you know, we're on the same wavelength and they're not going to do things that um, are kind of appropriate to their lifestyle, but to mine, because it's my life. So that conversation absolutely does need to happen. Yeah. And Simon, let me ask you something real quick. What caused you to start this kind of company? (laughs) Um, It's very bizarre. You know, I I was actually... um, in the construction industry in my very early career as a civil engineer. And then I went into financial services for a long time. And then we had a financial crash in 20, uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. And 2008 was, um, you know, I had my own business at that time. And financially, it was going through a really tough time. Um, but there was a will writing company that were looking for leads, customers from financial advisors where they could write their wills. And in that process of working with this company, we found out about probate and the power of probate and the power of these products and the fact that the market was huge Mm. and the fact that there are no real massive high street names as the market is wide open. And so me and uh, a couple of uh, fellow directors uh, in the early days talked about setting a business up that could could satisfy this market. Um, the company in question told us they were the third biggest company in the UK. And so we determined to pass customers to them, find customers all around the country and pass them to them. And after a couple of weeks, we found out they had no consultants in London, no consultants in Birmingham, no consultants in Manchester. And we sat there thinking, if these guys say they're the third biggest in the UK, how can they have nobody in the three biggest cities in the UK? Market so, <laughs> yeah, we had people that wanted to do a will. They didn't have any consultants to go and take their money. So we thought, well, if they can't do it, then why don't we? And that literally was it. <laughs> Find a gap in the market and fill it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of the story of how we got started. Gosh, great stuff. Well, I had a ton of questions that I wrote, but mm. the way that this presentation had gone, we were speaking and you'd answered them. So thank you so much. And this is something that is so important and so vital. So I truly do appreciate you taking the time out mm. to speak to me and to go through this and help educate people. So Simon, and I know you're pretty much UK based, so you might want to branch out to other countries. And- <laughs> so for our listeners in the UK, where can people find you? Um, well, they can find us in, in various uh, uh, arenas um, around the UK. Ultimately, uh, our best starting point um, is our uh, website. Um, so uh, honeygroup.co.uk. So any customer that goes to that website will find out about all of our services, the products. They can even get a free information pack that we will send out to help educate them on on what to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have got uh, ability to see to see them in, in their home, give them advice at home. They can do self service online uh, as well. So we try and meet customers depending on their comfortable level, their comfort, you know, their comfort level. Um, but ultimately to come out with essentially the right product. So yeah, we, we pretty much do that. We've also got um, a midway stream where we've got a contact center where they can be helped over the phone, um, where 
you know, somebody will consult over the phone instead of coming to their house. Okay, great stuff. And I'll also put the link to your website in the description box for this video. So that's great stuff. Simon, thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough for your time and enlightenment and education (laughs) on this very important subject. So Simon, thank you so much for joining us here on Conversations with Alison J, The Journey to Here. Thank you so much, uh, Alison, and thanks so much for the invite. Much appreciated. You are very welcome, my dear, and I'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care now. Thank you for spending time with us. We're already looking forward to the next episode of This is Conversations with Alison J. The journey to here. Until next time, honor, respect, and blessings to you all. If you want to connect, visit allisonj.net. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-J-A-Y-E.net. Allison with one L, as she is the one and only.